Hello and welcome to the Irish Film London podcast. I'm your host, Neve Brannigan, and I'm delighted to say that we have officially kicked off our annual November Film Festival. So over the next few days, we're going to be busy with features, shorts, documentaries, and of course, loads of brilliant industry events, Q&As, networking, the list goes on. But first, next up for you guys, we have an interview with directors and writers Anna Rogers and Sean Dunn alongside actor Jay Jordan of the feature documentary How to Tell a Secret. Now Jay did have to pop away at one point during the interview because she's a busy lady, but with the wonders of editing, I still got my chats with her and of course found out her favourite Irish film. So after you listen to this episode, why don't you come down and see How to Tell a Secret on tonight, Friday the 18th of November at 8pm in Riverside Studios. In Irish film news, Magnolia Pictures have acquired Joyride by Ema Reynolds, starring Olivia Colman, to go to US cinemas and on demand on the 23rd of December, which is always brilliant news when films of ours get to travel across the pond. And also Colleen Kewen was listed in The Hollywood Reporter as a major threat for Best International Feature nomination for the Oscars. That will be announced in January, so fingers crossed for everyone involved in that. But to be honest, it's just been such a major success regardless. It won eight IFTA awards before going on to receive a full cinematic release across Ireland and the UK in May and has so far managed to bank over 800,000 at the box office and will soon begin screening in cinemas in Australia and New Zealand. The film currently has a score of 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, so if you're around on Saturday night, come and see it in The View Piccadilly, 19th of November at 7pm. But for now, sit back, relax and enjoy our chat about how to tell a secret. If you're part of the regular Irish Film London audience or want to get more from your experience, consider joining our growing family of members for a range of exciting benefits. Irish Film London is a non-for-profit organisation. Our mission is to promote the best new Irish film to audiences all over the UK and with the help of this podcast, the world. If you become a festival friend or a festival champion, you get perks like discounted tickets for films and events, free access to Irish Film from Home films, and invites to networking events, and so much more. So check it out now. Hello there, and welcome to the Irish Film London podcast. Today I am joined by directors and writers, Sean Dunn and Anna Rogers, and actor Jay Jordan. So welcome to the podcast, guys. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having us. So first of all, congratulations on a stunning film. It's really unlike anything I've ever seen before. So you should be really, really proud of it. I'm sure you all are. So for people who haven't seen it yet, I guess in a bit of a nutshell, and of course, we'll dive more into it throughout the course of the podcast. How to Tell a Secret is a groundbreaking film that takes on the enormity and complexity of HIV in Ireland with the rigorous honesty, ingenuity and artistry that propels the conversation forward. Um, so I would love to kind of start off with Anna and Sean, I guess. How did this kind of dynamic duo come about? <laughs> How did we meet? <laughs> Where did it all begin? Well, Sean, Sean wrote and starred in the play Rapids, which I went to see in the project. And really that, in a nutshell, started the whole process. So um I went along to see it and I, I really was blown away because we were talking about it the other day and I was reconnecting with that experience. Like, I still really remember, this sounds like so romantic, I still really remember the first time I saw Sean. <laughs> go out across on, the room. Across <laughs> in the dark, in the dark project theatre. And I really remember the first time I saw Eva Jane Gaffney come out as well. And 
like I, I really do remember it in such detail because it had a really big emotional impact on me. And I was on my own in the theater crying <laughs> and also kind of looking around at the people in the theater and thinking, wow, I thought I knew stuff about HIV, but I don't really know anything about it really as an experience. I've never had a conversation one to one with someone about HIV, which obviously, Sean, you have had lots of. And I I just thought, yeah, I don't I don't know a lot. And I think a lot of people don't know and maybe have a lot of misinformation. And um, and that's why I, I reached out to Sean and we met up and talked about making a film together. Amazing. And then I guess, Sean, where was Rapids born? And then like and and then also within that throughout the creation of Rapids, were you ever anxious about creating that particular project because it's such a vulnerable topic? Yeah, so I started working on Rapids, the documentary theatre production in 2016, and I had an interest in making a piece that was about HIV disclosure in contemporary Ireland, which is the act of telling somebody else about your HIV status. So that was our way in, and that's what the theatre piece that Anna saw was all about. And that came from a personal connection I had with that experience. An ex-partner of mine was diagnosed with HIV, and he had to tell me. That was Robbie Lawler, who's a part of our film and was a part of that theatre process as well. Um, so it came from that, and I was super anxious and super nervous. And like Anna was kind of saying, not to <laughs> to her own horn, but there hadn't been anything like it done in the theatre really that looked at the community's experience. There'd been lots of theatre pieces that had maybe touched on a character who had HIV or something like that, but there hadn't been something that really zoomed in on the experiences of women, the experiences of, you know, migrant people in Ireland, the experiences of rural Ireland with HIV. So I felt a tremendous amount of responsibility in that first instance. Um, and I was very stressed <laughs> and then I, ha I was also working with Robbie who was you know like we have an intimate relationship so there was loads of things in it that were causing anxiety and that's what's been amazing about actually furthering the collaboration and working with Invisible Thread and Anna and Zlata in particular because it's a problem shared <laughs> all the all the all the worries and all the anxiety you get to kind of go oh my god I'm freaked and it's great to have somebody else to kind of share that yeah. Well, I think I, it's just so clever then. I think it's amazing as well to see the growth from a theatre piece into what you've created in the film, in this kind of hybrid film that it's being called, which I love. And for people don't, that don't know, it's, it, as I said, it's something that I haven't really seen before. It's kind of mixed new documentary work with archival footage, with verbatim theatre. There's lip sync in there. There's non-linear film style, interview style, like it's just got it all, but it feels it feels so it it with so much mixed kind of media in a way, but it just all blends and works so well together. So I guess like how did you even come to the conclusion or even start to begin with the mesh of these all of these media styles? How did you like how did you settle on as opposed to just picking maybe three or four stories and you know hiring an actor for that and creating it like a your standard kind of feature film? I think because of COVID, in a way, we were really lucky that it was a blessing in disguise that we got a really long development period together. So like we did a lot of Zoom sessions together, looking at the play text and, you know, trying to imagine translating it into uh, cinema, really. Um, and, and what we'd keep and what we we would 
change completely and you know throwing ideas out there and actually like a lot of the things that came out of those chats ended up on screen quite faithfully so you know imagining things like you know setting cars on fire or um you know somebody dressing up as a dice man and that, that turned out to be Ender McGratton um and lip syncing both of us really liked certain films as well that we we try to find a commonality in in our in our styles because of course we didn't know each other we were coming from two completely different kind of um aesthetic backgrounds and practices and that's what made it really interesting because I think if I had gone and made the film on my own and said hi Sean can I just option your play I wouldn't have done a lot of the things that we did and I think Sean for you it's the same right we, we kind of brought our we kind of merged our our kind of styles and yeah I feel like I learned a lot through the process of working with Anna in terms of interview interview technique like you said Neve there's lots of you know piece of camera interviews there's people delivering their own stories to themselves quite you know truthfully and authentically and that's a that's a step um it, it's a shift from what was in the documentary theater piece which was quite poised and quite constructed in a lot of ways um and I got to kind of observe Anna in process um on in those moments and that was really useful for me because my work is always um, fringe with documentary but not in the same way that Anna's does so there was a lot of like cross learning I think mm. it's amazing to bring the the company of the of the theatre project into this new realm as well because I think for all of us we we all just started to pick up from each other quite quite quickly and I think we both were like we want to do something different we want to we want to do something neither of us have done before but also that we haven't seen before because you know, you can end up repeating yourself, especially when you're directing for a long time, you know, you can end up kind of going into certain kind of moles and, you know, knowing this works. So let's just do that again. And actually, after a while, then that becomes a little bit boring artistically for yourself as well to just kind of expand on what you do and actually break some of those rules and um, to, to kind of look at tropes as well that are used in documentary storytelling, especially around a stigmatized topic and like flip them and play with them. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a gorgeous moment with Jay Jordan where we do that, where we film a woman who couldn't show her face in the shadows and she is speaking and telling her own story. But then we do a really nice switch where, you know, we almost just kind of uh, let Jade kind of assume her identity and a light comes on mm -hmm. and Jade has become the woman and I just love that moment it's really tricksy and and different you know and we do lots of things like that in in, in the film that we really didn't know for sure what they work until we kind of exactly that's what I was going to say it's nearly like listing off all of those different kind of styles it's like that shouldn't work but it does <laughs> believe me it does and it's just so gorgeous and that perfectly brings me on to Jade I mean Jade what was your kind of introduction into this whole journey and then I'd love you to chat about then as well that particular that is one that I really wanted to talk about is that you have a such a beautiful moment with the um woman that you kind of embody in a way um the moment that she has with her daughter um I love that moment mm -hmm. where you know she kind of becomes the child in in that scenario and you know being taken care of what was it like kind of stepping into that vulnerable role as well yeah well I hadn't done the show with Sean before um and I was lucky enough to work with Sean in 2020 and we just got on really really well and he asked me would I like to come on board and I was like yeah absolutely I you'd sent me over footage I think Sean of Rapids and I'd read the play and 
like that, like what Anna said, I'd never seen something like the idea he had been done. And I just always want to be a part of something that's like educational. I mean, for me and for the audience. Um, and like that, like what Anna said, I, 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 I didn't know very much about HIV. I'd never had a one-on-one -on -one chat with anyone that's living with HIV. Um, so I was like, God, I could, I could do this and educate myself and help to educate the audience. And like my mom said something the other day and she was like, this is going to be, this is just going to educate people for years. Do you know what I mean? It's so cleverly done. It's not in your face, if that makes sense. The piece, it's subtly done. There's so many beautiful moments. What it was, it was like when Sean asked me to do it, I was like, yeah, absolutely. I didn't really know I would be telling a woman's story as such in that way. I mean, because things changed a lot, didn't it, guys? We we were, I mean, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think we did this over a course of eight months, was it? Yeah, I think it was, the production period was spread out uh, uh, around a year, I think. So we did do it in chunks because of lockdown yeah. as well. And that gave us freedom to respond to things that we shot and then, you know, bring that to the table and change how we were going to approach the next bit. So Absolutely, yeah. But it gave the freedom of, I mean, in those months, the downtime that we had for you guys to go away and come back with more information, do you know what I mean? More interviews and more ideas, I suppose, because you time to sit on it. I remember having a conversation. Sometimes when you're doing a, a, a production, you can't, you're on a roll. But I love that we had the time on this because I think the piece needed the time, personally. Because I know there was times where it was, you know, it was, you know, there's budgets, there's all these things. It's big. I mean, we all dreamed really big, didn't we, on this piece, which was super exciting. Yeah, but I think we the needed those moments. <laughs> <laughs> but nothing stopped us. And, you know, we'd, we'd all chat about it, which was which was great. And even watching you guys work together and bouncing off each other and going, well, I like this. Can we do that? And then we'd shoot things differently because the both of you were doing it. It was lovely. Sorry, Neve, I've gone on a tangent here. No, it's not away. Delivering um, the ladies' piece that I was doing was, yeah. God, I was so nervous. Hmm. So, so nervous. It, it's a, it was a big job. Like, I mean, she's Yeah, I guess, I, like as Sean said as well, you kind of feel that responsibility in a way. I mean, it, like, because in one way, you are there as a blank canvas. And, you know, and, and the three of you, and the four of you, Sean as well included, yourself and Eva Jane and Lauren Larkin, do it so well. And I love that, you know, Sean says the reason why we kind of all keep switching between all of them is just to so that you listen to the story as opposed to putting a face to a name or trying to imagine what they look like or a gender or a race or whatever but yours in particular yours for you I feel like was like it's just that moment with the daughter I can imagine it was just so um such a vulnerable place to go to a moment came in at the very end I think I was originally just telling her story and then Sean and Anna came back and like maybe we could do this and just the idea, Sean. But anyway, Sean blows my mind all the time. I'm like, how? What does be going on in his head? <laughs> Just amazing what ideas and but and and Anna likewise. He's like, why don't we do a true movement? And it was just beautiful. I mean, it was. I I, I felt a lot of pressure. I'm not gonna lie. You know, the lady was there in the auditorium. She was there throughout, and. I think she, I remember we shot it. We didn't actually shoot it that much. Uh, the, the, the shot on the on the stage, I don't think, because I, I don't think we had the time, but it worked, you know, it worked. But I remember, I remember just going, was I okay for you? Like, did, did I, did I do it justice? 
And there's me telling this woman's story, embodying it and being an absolute bit by the end of it. You know, I'm like, wow, you're, you're amazing to even let somebody tell your story. But it was, I mean, as I said before, and I, I probably sound like a broken record to the lads, this was one of my favorite, most favorite jobs I've ever been a part of. I think I'll always have a, a huge heart for it. I mean, it's so amazing. And I feel it's so brave of everyone to share their stories. Do you know what I mean? It and is, it's, it's really special. the opportunity to tell them for them, um, mm. you know, and. Yeah, like I'm sure Anna and, and Sean, like I'd be getting ink, you know, when we posted to say that we're getting the sin release, which I'm buzzing about. I'm like, absolutely, it deserves it. Um, messages coming in, just going, thank you so much for this piece of work. It's like, no, it's an honor. It's an honor, like. It so, is. Yeah. It's really, I'm, you're, you're yeah. definitely a part of something really, really special. And it's, so, yeah. it's, it's, it's so fresh and new on screen to see all of the work that you would do in a rehearsal room for a play. You know, the way when you go to a play, you just see the work done or when you go to a film, you just see the finished project. So I really loved kind of one of those first scenes where um, it's yourself, Sean, Jade, Eva Jane and Lauren, and you're kind of talking them through what it's going to be like and what's going to happen. So you have these actors who essentially in real time are discovering different characters. Well, real life people rather than characters mm-hmm. um, who have done um, and are still navigating their way through their journey with HIV. Um, so, Jade, what was the prep like? Was there much prep or was it very much kind of because I know it gives off the impression of being quite in the moment and improv and so did you have a sort of structure and then played with this or was it just kind of I'll be honest here won't I Sean <laughs> Go for it. Prep. Um, sometimes it was the night before you were getting the material and I, I know that's because things were changing and things were being added more interviews and locations and stuff we were, we were shooting as well you've got to remember in the height of COVID um, so things were constantly changing but you know what I kind of because normally you've have, you have time to prep and I think work it worked better that I didn't have time to prep I mean the girls kind of knew because they they they'd done a lot of the words before they were I mean, muscle memory's a thing isn't it do you know what I mean I know a lot changed from rapids but um yeah I didn't have much time to prep and they were big big monologues and big chunks but it, it just worked I mean maybe because I was super invested in the piece I don't know. Um, and Sean's writing's really great. It's very easy to go in you. Um, so yeah, there wasn't much prep, but to be honest with you, it didn't really stress me out. I knew, I knew, I knew the structure. I knew what I had to do. I needed to, I knew where I needed to go. And to be quite honest, I was just extremely present. It was words that I wanted to say, you know, as actors, we don't always get words that we want to say when we're playing different characters, you know, but it, it's a job and it's TV and all this, but I guess I guess that's it and yeah I was kind of just in awe of watching everybody and everyone being so brave and what made it easier was we'd so many different so like we were in a theater we were that 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 makes a difference you know what I mean there was loads of play Mm. yeah Yeah, no it felt really kind of that workshop atmosphere 
Um, so I guess even not necessarily having that much prep, but it's it gave it that really kind of fresh. You're you're in the moment, as you said, you're present. What can I do? What am I doing? How can I do it? Kind of thing. It really really came across beautifully. Yeah, Sean, going ahead. Yeah, there was just just on that piece because it's an interesting one. But and as Jade mentioned, she was new to the company, so she'd never approached any of the material before. So from a documentary perspective, when you're watching the workshops, like was introducing transcripts to Eva Jane or to Jade or explaining the concept. That all was very, very real for us because Jay didn't know. <laughs> and Anna would be very like, you know, okay, like keep it, like let's not keep it real. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that we have natural questions occurring from the actors before they're representing the people. And um, for me, that was like tricky sometimes because it's like sharing your notebook, sharing your process. Like as a director, like you have to be on screen and expose how you work with people. And um, mm. like, I found that a little bit tricky, but I know Anna was, was very on that page of like, let's do it for the first time. Yeah, too. like that's a big kind of thing from documentary world. And you have to battle it all the time, especially with crew as well, because they want to know, you know, DOPs will want to know where they're going to stand, you know, how they're going to open their body up to light, you know, so no one's going to block anybody. And that's why I suppose, you know, it's really important for me to work with like a, a documentary DOP that kind of knows how to respond to people not being on their marks and things like that. So Eleanor Bowman shot this for us and, and we'd done a lot of documentary work before, but she also has shot a lot of drama. So she kind of had the right balance. But yeah, it is, it is exposing. It's exposing for crew. It's exposing for the directors as well. And but one of the things that like is really beautiful about the play is and that I had like a moment of recognition is in Rapids, you kind of see the documentary theater process played out, like how you how you obtain consent from somebody who's vulnerable and kind of have that shared experience where you you were in their trust and you make a promise to them in a way. And I loved that moment. And I, we brought that into the film because as documentary makers, we're always navigating that. We're always working with people who maybe are like people aren't telling their story because like it's easy. They're doing it because it's hard because there's a problem there and there's a secret there, or there's a stigma there. And so, yeah, I think that was really important to us to kind of reveal a bit of the artifice, like in a way, how to tell a secret is also how to tell a story. Like how do you translate stories and how do you communicate these kind of experiences when you've got all these kind of blocks as well? Like, you know, where I, I can't necessarily find women who want to show their faces or mm. you know um we want to capture a multitude of experiences but we can only maybe have four or five different stories told how can we expand on that then you know creatively so yeah it was it was definitely uh an interesting one um but doing things fresh doing things real like i i love when you say that about jade's performance because that that brings a certain you know reality and honest to it I really loved that you know that you really captured that essence of you know when you go in for the first day of a job and those jitters of just like oh god you're meeting everyone for the first time you're going through the script for the first time or you don't have a script and you're going to be workshopping and you're like am I going to be walking around like pretending I'm a tree or are we going to be crying like what is going to be happening and when you all came in and I think it's when the girls meet Robbie um and Eva Jane reads a reads a story. You know, you really have that kind of like hiya, you know, like Nicaea, you know, kind of vibe. And it really just made it feel so raw then, especially then when Eva Jane was reading that gorgeous story. It just really set it off. Really, you really felt like a little fly on the wall, I have to say. Um, so I'd love to chat about Robbie then as well, because um, you know, 
as we mentioned with your relationship with him, Sean, like he's a really kind of a, a driving force in this film as well and in the HIV community alone. Um, and I really think him going on the Tommy Turning show was just so monumental. Um, and I originally wanted to say brave, but that's exactly what he wanted to get across is that it's not something to be kind of brave about, you know, and, and like it's not something to be ashamed to come out with. It's just something that people are living with and we just need to talk about it more. And what was after that? Did Rob, Robbie find kind of like, was there a big reach out to the community from like, because it could have been, I imagine, maybe the first time people would have heard about it or come across about it or someone going, that's someone like me. Do you know if that kind of had a big knock on effect then in the work that he was doing, Sean? Yeah, there's two. There's, uh, Robbie, I think the kind of first experience that he had of that kind of action was probably the Lay Late Show. And then Tommy, and I think the Late Late Show probably prepared him for the overwhelm that can happen yeah. here on RTE, and you you get that. And with yourself as well, with the, with the, right there beside him. Yeah, but 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 different for him, obviously, you know, because he is living with HIV, so he he feels. Or if I feel a bit of responsibility doing a show about it, he feels a responsibility being the spokesperson at times, you know. Mm. And um, I think the Tommy experience was really refreshing for him and really positive and. They had a laugh. Like if you've seen the full interview, they have the crack. Mm. Um, and again, like it was during like one of the lockdowns. So it was really strict. The whole procedure around Tommy was really difficult from a filmmaking perspective. But when we got the, the cuts yeah, from... We couldn't go. So we like neither yeah, of us Yeah, there. there was no audience. Yeah. Yeah, we weren't allowed to go. So we weren't allowed real... to shoot it even, you know. Yeah. It was a real revelation for us. And I, I yeah, I know he he did really, really enjoy that experience and um, yeah, it's a, it's a big part of our film, so we're really thankful to the Tommy Tiernan show as well for allowing us to feature it. Yeah, well, I guess big deal for them actually, just to give them a uh, to give them a shout out and say thank mm. you, David Power and to, and Tommy Tiernan because David Power is a producer and and I remember those phone calls and we were just kind of trying to pare down and say just one person, we're just going to send in just our camera woman, nobody else. You know, because everything was so incredibly strict at the time. Mm -hmm. And for us as directors to just kind of stand back and go, this is a really important scene, but we we can't have any input whatsoever um, was quite nerve wracking. And poor Eleanor heading in there, you know, having to kind of hold all of that producing, directing everything. So I think she was quite down on what she captured. And it was only when we saw it back, we were like, what are you talking about? This is great. <laughs> but that happens sometimes, you know, you don't know what you have until you're in the edit with documentary, you know. It's 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 such a great interview. And and the late late actually is because um that one just completely slipped my mind. I couldn't remember which one was first. Was Sean, was that kind of because I mean the late late can be a certain audience as well. And I imagine Robbie was just so um nervous in a way too, because it's quite it's so exposing and you know I feel like with Tommy he is you know does make you feel really comfortable and he is you know that little bit more maybe open and you know that this show and his viewers and that kind of stuff so I'd say for the late late it was just kind of just an extra layer on top of that it is because the late late is live obviously Tommy yeah. records so there's a certain comfort in that as well mm. that was a funny one because actually we were performing rapids the night that we did the late late show so I no got away from the theatre to RTE so when I arrived because I'd already done a show I was like chill Bill <laughs> will I wear this mustard like <laughs> I was relaxed because I'd already been through like a nervous experience but for Robbie it was definitely more profound because his mom was in the audience and um, and the representation was huge and it was a big big moment and 
in our film, we have this kind of cross correlation between when the Dice Man went on the Late Late Show to talk about, you know, living with HIV. And then when Robbie went on to talk about HIV. And it's lovely, I think, for us to stitch both those moments in time together. And when you see the kind of journey, which is which is amazing. It does. It really kind of gives it a, I mean, not a full circle because I feel like there's loads to go, but it does in the film. It's a really gorgeous full circle. Those kind of two clips of the uh, of the late, late um, shots. So, yeah. So, Sean, I'd love to ask what kind of major things did you discover between doing Rapids and then How to Tell a Secret? Was there any kind of big revelations that that happened throughout that process? God, um. <sighs> It's a big question. <laughs> and you know what? I, I, 100, like I was thinking to myself, you know, because obviously we're like, you know, London Irish is going to be one of our last festivals and then we're going to do the general release and it's going to change. Like the, it, it's going to feel kind of like we've almost culminated all of this work now. Um, and I think for me, like obviously there's so much revelation in terms of learning how to navigate this world through film and the differences that there are in doing it in theatre. Which at the, by comparison, actually, you know, I thought the theater project was so risky at the time, but now I feel like it's actually really, really safe, and I'm, mm. I, I'm, I'm looking back on the theater process with with new eyes now. And not that the film isn't safe; it's totally safe and measured, and we've done a great job of protecting everybody <laughs> and looking after everyone. But um, I think for me, like, it, I just I, the revelation has been about like I think, and Anna, I'm sure you will agree, like you, you grow so much through these processes. You learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about your own coping methods, strategies. And when you're dealing with people's lived experience um, over time, you really get a chance to know them and understand them. So I think the the revelations for me have been personal, you know, really. Um, which is probably a bit of a vague answer. Maybe. No, but it's been a part of your life for so long. Yeah, it's yeah, not like it's yeah. kind of just been a project that you do and step away from. It's really been a part of your life for so long. So, of course, mm-hmm. it's going to influence shaping you or shaping who you are as a creative you know yeah, um, person just broadly yeah. I think you know it's really influenced how I do friendship you know mm-hmm. what I mean um actually you know uh amazing yeah. um another uh amazing character um I say character because person, I just, <laughs> person yeah but I say character because they are such a character. I always think that's such a lovely Irish <laughs> saying, you know, when someone says they're such a character. I know character. what you're talking about. Yeah. We all know already. We all know. So Veda is a very powerful figure in this story. And um, they take a lot of inspiration from the Dice Man, which I'm so ashamed to say that I didn't know about the Dice Man. And during the... Oh, you're young. <laughs> oh, my God. And but Because I went to see How to Tell a Secret in um, Diff. And I remember just being like, how do I know about, not, not know about this human being, this person? is incredible and what was it like because I feel like you could just make a film on the Dice Man alone so I mean yeah. what was it like like maybe <laughs> yeah exactly what was it like kind of trying to whittle that down or like blend that in to to you know how to tell a secret and just have that kind of him kind of bleeding in and out of of the film yeah I mean the the whole connection of of uh Vader coming into the film um, it's a nice story, actually, because we didn't realize that Veda had a relationship with the Diceman. We had two kind of separate things going on. We, I had worked with uh, Enda years ago um, on Growing Up Gay, and I just always remembered how sparkly and, and amazing they were on camera. You know, you just film with somebody and they just have some sort of like 
magical quality or some chemistry. Um, so I always wanted to do something again with them and, and it just hadn't, the opportunity had come up. So when myself and Sean were talking about new stories that we would bring into the film that hadn't been part of the play, but in some way thematically built on something that had come up in the play, um, Veda came up. And, you know, as part of like the research for Rapids, I know, Sean, lots of people said to you, can you mention the Dice Man? Can you honour the Dice Man? And so the Dice Man is kind of, you know, mentioned a number of times in the play. But obviously we don't see the kind of artistry of what Tom McGinty used to do on the street in Grafton Street. Um, and so we presented this to Veda and said, well, how would you feel about taking on this role as such? Like you're not just coming in to the film and telling your story in a traditional documentary way, but you're also like the actors in the film taking on the story of someone else who can't be here anymore to tell his own story as he passed away in, in the 90s. Um, and and Enda loved it. Like they just totally, totally loved it. And it turned out that, you know, Enda had grown up going into the Graf Grafton Street performances and trying to get Tom's attention. And like, I think the Dyson had a huge influence on who Enda was to become and in a way on, on their drag and everything. So it was a lovely moment for us, wasn't it, Sean, when we were on the on the Zoom with and uh, nervously presenting this because we kind of had put our all our eggs in that basket like we really wanted them to do it and obviously like being an incredibly experienced and talented drag queen we knew that Enda could pull off lip syncing that interview for the Late Late Show which is a weird idea right like it was pretty weird <laughs> no but it works so well it's very, so it just works yeah. so well very unique like that I love that scene it's a it, it's one that you know, speaking of prep, like we should have got to have way more prep to do something so incredibly ambitious like that. And like fair play to end up pulling it off, you know. Um, but yeah, it's a magical little moment in there. And and of course, like, you know, speaking about the secret and the, the thematic thing of somebody revealing something that's a secret about themselves, like Enda had carried that information about themselves for like over 10 years and not told a soul, not told their best friends not told their family. Um, so yeah, it was really quite a, a personal experience um, coming out and, and telling everybody through the film. Mm -hmm. um, and, and of course, they'd previously come out it, it, through a, a song as well, like that they'd released. So we include that in the film too. There is so much going on in this There film. is so much. I know, that's why I was like, how am I even going to condense this down into this question? <laughs> oh my God. Um, but, epic. It's epic. oh my god, it is, it's an epic. Um, and no, but another kind of lovely little full circle there as well, I guess, then with with Endon the Dice Man and you know that kind of homage then as well. Um, yeah, yeah. full of full of full circles. Um, Sean, there's a really heartbreaking story that you guys dive into, which is Aaron's story. Um, where quite which is quite a tough one, um, at times because I think it's important, it's a really important one for people to hear because, like. Uh, Robbie who seemed to have a really lovely support system around them I think it's also really important to hear about people who mightn't have had that initially um, but still get through it you know it's still okay and you can still be happy and have an incredible life and incredible people around you um, and there is a scene as we briefly touched on earlier with a sledgehammer and a car mm -hmm. and a fire and I'd say that was just incredibly satisfying uh, to do uh, in a way kind of and maybe like 
maybe super kind of therapeutic so what was that like shooting that scene uh, that particular scene yeah it was amazing like Anna said it was kind of that was one of our things that were on our wish list and it was a very early idea and one that kind of was almost getting away from us (laughs) um but for me the the symbol of the car is about the journey you know what Mm -hmm. I mean the journey that we're all on um and like an arrested development you know what I mean like thinking you're going somewhere and then you can't anymore mm-hmm. so that's kind of what I was thinking when I mean I was smashing the car up and we actually which I don't think people really register when they're watching the film there's one tiny shot where inside the car you can see the eyes of someone in the rear view and that's actually real Aaron <laughs> so he's watching me jump on the car smash the car he's watching me embody him and it's kind of a game <laughs> it's akin to that moment where um jade is being watched by our anonymous um a contribution as well mm-hmm. that, that, that woman who we were talking about so for me it was do you know what in lots of ways it was very practical like i had to be careful i had to like not break my leg yeah <laughs> i had to not hurt anybody at the same time it was a real moment where like uh it was like go for it just go for it and I remember saying to Anna like oh like like Anna was just like just be like ah! and I was like okay I will yeah <laughs> and then when I was watching the back in the in the end I was like oh we're not using any of this yeah yeah that's your angry face and I can tell you his angry face is lovely it's fine I was like oh no we're going to the car sequence I'm only joking I wasn't that bad but I was like it was hard to watch it back oh, look there was so much going on there like you know I, I posted the trailer on a community called the D word that I'm part of it's a documentary um community and and the first reaction to the trailer was somebody says well it's not every day you get to blow up a car in a documentary and I mean that's what you want that's what you like it, we it all secretly true. want to smash in a car with a sledgehammer you know what I mean but, you know, if I told you, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't say how little crew were there. Like it was like myself, Sean, our DOP and our producer. Eva and, Jay, firemen, and firemen. And firemen. So like we didn't have like, you know, a big stunt crew or anything mm. like that. And we didn't have the budget to do it. And at one stage, me and Sean started talking about like, would we get a mate to just get a cheap car on adverts instead of yeah. on fire? But like, obviously now we wouldn't have done that professionally, but we really wanted to do it. And Zlata Vlipovich, who's our long suffering producer, <laughs> um, pulled it off. You know, she she engaged with the fire service. We'd heard that they do this training with cars and they do set them on fire and, and you know, use it as a training exercise to put them out. So they had like ample experience doing this and they had done it previously once for a film. So we got in touch with them and they did it for us for a tiny fee which was amazing and of course we also knew that we were really safe like they Mm. made Sean wasn't going to hurt himself wasn't going to get glass anywhere that he you know of course like you know if you're doing this in a big budget movie like maybe I don't even know but maybe they replace all the glass with fake glass and but they removed all the combustible elements out of the car so it couldn't blow up and I'm really glad that they did that oh my god myself and Eleanor got really really close to the car there's lots of black smoke you know we've no camera assistant we're running around like it, it was kind of crazy so when I look at that scene I think fair play to us for pulling it off absolutely and I think I actually noticed the eyes in my second watch um and so I do encourage people if you've seen it to watch it again um but I also and I, th- but early I think but I think come early and often to our <laughs> I, I think the particular the car scene though it is really powerful in regards to Aaron's story as well with you know him wanting to run away and to leave and 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 just that kind of that 
feeling of kind of everything just exploding in his own world you know what I mean um, so I think that was it's really beautiful and powerful and I don't kind of want to chat about Aaron anymore because I do if people haven't seen it I do want them to uh, to go and watch it um, so uh, one thing I do really want to quickly um, ask about as you've kind of said the masks kind of started creeping in during the film during the filming process so was was there a point and I know Jade kind of touched on it in regards to you guys had time in between what were those times like in between like were there times where you're just like oh god will we ever get this done or were you able to keep yourselves kind of productive and driven throughout or did it just go up and down yeah that was that was hard I think you know in a way I mean there was loads of benefits to it so we could be positive about it and and what it brought to the table but financially it was extremely challenging because you're you're drawing a, a, a you know what is a kind of a, a small low budget documentary fund out over a much longer period of time um so like pros and cons to it but yeah like there were times where it was like you know hard to keep a momentum and to know how cohesive this is all going to be when you film it in a disjointed way mm. um but I much prefer that anyway because like documentaries you you usually do film over a long period of time mm-hmm. we could have done it in a, in a in a tighter block but I think that would have taken away quite a lot of things like you know a lot of things wouldn't have happened like the Tommy Tiernan show wouldn't have happened for example that was just something that came up mm-hmm. responded to it you know yeah. so and yeah. I guess um Lauren Lauren's journey as well with her becoming you know having a kid kind of throughout the process as well and then <laughs> kind of like in like entwining into that story that she was telling of, of a mother as well like it just yeah. all it's as if it just all worked lots of parallels yeah, yeah. amazing yeah we that was a beautiful thing actually yeah that she really is pregnant in us you know yeah it's very nice it's yeah. really really gorgeous but I'm um, very close to being due at that point actually like, I think really this week yeah so that's a baby ready to come out that you're seeing in the film oh <laughs> little Judy yeah. oh cute yeah well I just I just think it's such an important film and you know even just for me learning that thousands of people live uh with HIV in Ireland and as Robbie said you know when he was on the Tommy Tiernan show that you know Ireland is it's one of or is the, the highest in Europe and I I mean I think we still have a long way to go but but for a country where you know being gay was decriminalized in 1993 it's not that long ago um which you know for such a small country I think we are doing you know making big moves and and you know making big changes but is there anything in particular you think people could do or would really want to kind of take away from this film um in relation to the HIV community and uh and just kind of even you know the LGBTQ plus community yeah, I think that people could be aware that you don't, I mean, this is a generalized skill. Mm. When you're talking to anybody about anything, just be, you don't know who that person is. You don't know their story. You don't know what you're touching on. You don't know what you're rubbing off. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very true, particularly with, you know, what we're talking about in terms of female representation within the HIV conversation. You could be sitting across from a woman who was living with HIV and you don't know. Mm-hmm. So be mindful, be aware and have a bit of sensitivity, I think, um, would be what I would suggest for people because there are there, like you said there's thousands of people living with HIV in Ireland and they're doing very well for themselves <laughs> exactly yeah, and it, yeah. it was so I when when I went to see it first um it was in the IFI and I walk I was walking down Dawson Street and at the end of Dawson Street there was um kind of like a boarding up and it said 
um you it's you plus you you equals that right you. you equals you you equals you and like that I just kind of walked past it and I went in and I saw the film and then I walked out and I saw it <laughs> and I didn't know what it was I didn't know what it was about before and it just felt so like perfectly timed and just so like a revelation for me of just because it's mightn't be in your world it's in like it's around and like like that to be aware of it and to be sensitive to it and educate yourself about it um, and I just think uh, I just think you guys just did such a great job and I'm really looking forward to everyone seeing it in the festival and Anna after um, the Irish Film London Festival uh, where then can people see it because I know you were saying it's going to have a cinema release yeah so we're we're adding dates all the time actually it's a really exciting experience like sending it out into the world after such a long time making it and so we are releasing the film for world aids day on the 1st of december and it's showing in the ifi that night and then for the week thereafter Um, and the ifi have been such great supporters of of ours Um, it's then going to be in the lighthouse cinema as well from the third um, we've just added the Stella in Ranla to our list in Dublin as well, uh, also from the third. And um, it's going to be in the Palace in Galway and in the Gate in Cork as well. So we're we're going to add some more locations to that list outside Dublin, hopefully soon. But mm-hmm. yeah, we're really delighted it's going to be seen outside of Dublin as well. Yeah, this is a national conversation that needs to happen and you know, we're really passionate about the education piece, you know, like it's it's a way to get people to talk about HIV and to to really, I suppose, inform people, but through mm-hmm. through real stories, you know. Absolutely. I, I think it's so important here in Ireland to do that. But also, I guess, what was it like? Because you guys had did a bit of traveling with it internationally with festivals as well. So what, what, how did it kind of how was it received um, in the different festivals that you went with? Yeah, we went to Austin, Texas, actually, for our international premiere. And it was extremely hot. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and it was really great to show it to people outside of Ireland, you know, and and we got really fantastic response from people there and and people coming up to us afterwards, telling us their own experiences. Um, And and yeah, nice to see, you know, that this is a universal issue as well. Like this isn't something that's just particular to Ireland. And so, you know, speaking to people who are from New York or from San Francisco and realizing, yeah, this makes sense. You know, this stigma is a is an issue there, too, and is is, you know, important to realize and and hopefully will mean that the film will travel further. And yeah, amazing. Definitely. Um, so yeah, so to wrap up then, um, the really easy question that I give all of uh, my guests who come on the podcast, what would be your, yeah, your favorite Irish film, I guess, one that kind of you always go back to. And then if there's another film in your life that has had a big impact in it. So I find it really hard to always pick like my favorite actor, actor, you know, all this mm. um, on Colin Kuhn is beautiful. Yeah, and I've only seen it recently, and I was annoyed myself that I took so long to see it. It's absolutely stunning, and I know so many people, like my friends, mums, that have gone away to if relative abroad and be. It, it's really relative. I mean, it's 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 extremely common in Ireland, um, and one that I've been watching lately because I'm writing about it at the moment. 
Um, and like that, I just educational films. I think we're such a small island, and the stories that we need to be telling. Um, Magdalene Sisters. I've just been watching about it because I've been writing about it. Mm. It's beautiful acting, and I think it's a really important story that uh, we still need to be talking about personally. And um, that's just fresh in my mind because I've I've just been watching it kind of over and over. Absolutely. Um, so that I would say another really relevant one that kind of it didn't do as well as I thought it would, but um, Rosie was really great. I mean, it's extremely relevant. Why mm. it didn't do as well as it should have, I don't know. Um, yeah. I'm, th- that's probably it I'd say they're just the three that kind of are in my head at the moment um, and really all really powerful stories you know what I mean like yeah. Magdalene like that mm-hmm. it's like that, that just happened you know, that's just an old film That's it's like that's not gone away like we still really need to talk about that and do more yeah, about it and so dive into more that of that happened here and we're tiny mm. you know I think films like that are so important like this mm-hmm. are so important to uh, get out there Exactly. You know, I mean, there's so much talent in this country. It's ridiculous. Mm, definitely, definitely. Really exciting, actually. Well, what's yours, Sean? Um, so it's not my, like, uh, it's hard to say your favourite. Right? I know, yeah. I'm going to pick a film that I think is really brilliant. And it's a it's a recent film that um I'd encourage people to see. And it's Stacey Gregg's feature debut here before, mm-hmm. uh, which is just a beautiful film. It's so gorgeously shot. And Stacey actually has a theatre background as well. So I've been following her work for years and years and years. And to see her first film be so impressive, I was just so inspired. So I'd really recommend Here Before. It's about grief, about family, and it kind of has a supernatural tease in it, which is just very, very, very gripping. I won't say too much. Yeah. By Stacey Gregg. And then a, a film that had a big impact on me, are you allowed to say a film that you were in, right? Not like, yeah. Not, oh, we've had that. We've had that. Don't you worry. We have yeah, had that. I'm not in it very much, right? There was there's a film called The Day for Mad Mary that I did a day on. And I remember like doing the getting the day and moving things around in my own life was like really stressful. Um, and I, I had to make it work to do this one day on the film. But when I did that day, I made such great friends and I've worked with them all since. So A Day for Mad Mary stars Shauna Cares Lake and Charlie Bailey. Mm -hmm. And Charlie, the reason I'd say, I I thought I'd say A Day for Mad Mary was Charlie was in the original cast for Rapids. Ah, okay. And and that would never have happened only I did that day on that film. So it's important. Actually, Shauna is in a short film that we're taking to Cork next week called Taron Shaw that um, Anna's company, Elizabeth Red, has produced. So that, oh that my God. there's just movie. circles all around the place. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah. So I love it. I love Mary it. Has a, a day for my Mary has a very special place in my heart for that reason. Oh, it's a gorgeous film. Really, really gorgeous. And what about you, Anna? But it's such a hard one um, because, you know, if you ask me the question at a different time, I'd probably give mm. different answers. But um, my first like really serious job in the documentary world was um, as a researcher for Alan Gilsonen and I worked with him for probably six seven years and I learned so much um, from that whole process and the, the, we worked on a lot you know really difficult topics topics like you know in a hospice um, a series about death and dying and um, in a psychiatric hospital um, as well called the asylum we spent a year working in a psychiatric hospital together and he was very generous in in sharing I suppose, skills and experiences with me. Um, and I remember there was an anniversary screening of one of, I think it was like his first major film, which was called The Road to God Knows Where. And, you know, sometimes when you see something where it's just like, 
lights a fire in you or something, you know, or kind of opens mm. up, opens up something like I loved how he broke rules with the film, you know, and, and when you make television, you know, which I do to kind of, you know, pay my bills and pay my mortgage and stuff, you, you, you do kind of fall into the trap of, you know, that there are certain kind of rules that you have to follow and things work and, and, and then everyone kind of, you know, almost falls into a house style in a way. And I just loved how that film just, you know, disregarded all of that mm-hmm. and was so different at the time as well. And Alan was the first person to make a film about HIV and AIDS in Ireland, actually, way back yeah. then. So, like, I really, really um, had a kind of an awakening watching that film. Um, and then internationally, I mean, both myself and, and Sean loved The Arbor. It's a very dark film, like it's directed by Cleo Bernard, um, and it is a experimental documentary in a way. And again, like, you know, I love those films that are play with the language of documentary and it does that particularly well. There's lip syncing in it as well. So I think it was probably a, 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 like an influence on us. And um, mm-hmm. our film is very different to it. I, I do think that um, it definitely inspired us in moments as well. And it was a, a point of connection for the two of us, too. Yeah. Um, but God, there's so many. I love, I love, love, love the work of uh, Kim Longanoto, which is like, you know, longitudinal documentary and it's totally traditional um, documentary storytelling, um, observational documentary storytelling. So there's so many. But of course, well, yeah. no, but you can really see then when like, you know, people and and things that influence you start, you know, bleeding into the way you think and your work. And I just think that's that's uh, that's yeah, really, really cool. You need to always do the same thing. Like I remember in art class when I was really young I really admired this one girl who always did like the same thing you know and and (laughs) was thematically really linked but actually when I look at my body of work I'm always doing things that are kind of very different and and I worried about that for a long time and now I kind of think well like you know that's okay too it's all it's nice to challenge yourself change things you know Mm -hmm. every project's different and you have to kind of come to that project not imposing your own ideas and style onto it but actually letting the project Kind of speak to you in a way as well like what, what's going to work for this you know yeah, yeah. So I think we definitely definitely did that without to tell a secret so yeah it was very absolutely pleasant. and also actually Sean we had I, I had Stacey Gregg on to chat about um her film so if people go away and watch it now then they can go back and listen to that podcast <laughs> as well. Um, and also hope we're, I really want to hope uh, to get her on maybe with Shauna for their new film that's coming out, Ballywater as well. So hopefully that will be an episode in the future. But thank you both so much. I know Jade had to pop away uh, at one point uh, to write the interview because she's a busy lady. But uh, thank you both so much for coming on to chat to me and can't wait to see you in the festival. And um, all the best with the future of How to Tell a Secret and also um, with both of your future successes. And we will see you again very soon on Irish Film London. So thanks, guys. Thank you so much. And that's it for this week's interview. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope you really enjoyed it. Thank you to Culture Ireland and the Irish Emigrant Support Programme. Myself and Jerry will be back with a brand new interview. See you then.